Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast. In this episode, me and Vicki are going to talk about how to share your pro life views and the gospel with family members that might not agree with you. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. All right, well, welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast. Um, we're going to do a little, I mean, maybe not so heavy, a little lighthearted um, episode here. Might get heavy, though. Hey, mm-hmm. we're getting into the Word. The right. Word of God is heavy. Um, but we're going to talk about how to how to talk with your friends and family members. You know, it's the holiday season. It's uh, Thanksgiving's coming up, mm-hmm. Christmas then, and I mean, Hanukkah, I guess, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you celebrate Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Boxing Day, of course. That's a big day. <laughs> big, big, big holiday. <laughs> yeah, big, big holiday for those Canadians out there. <laughs> uh, but either way, you're going to be around family, uh, maybe family members that you don't see very often, um, and people who don't agree with you, people who don't embrace your values and your views. And in particular, we're going to be talking about the issue of abortion, but I think, uh, of course, the larger issue is talking about Jesus, right? Right. sharing the gospel with your family members. So we're just going to go into some principles of how to do that, how to share you know, your pro-life values, how to share the value that you uh, believe God's Word tells us of, of the unborn baby. Mm-hmm. And you might have a family member, as I do, and Vicki, you do too. as well, yeah. or maybe several family members that, that don't agree that you know abortion should be illegal, mm-hmm. think that abortion is a woman's right to choose. Mm-hmm. So how do you talk to those people? In a way that honors the Lord, in a way that's effective mm-hmm. about your values as a Christian, and in particular about um, the issue of abortion. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking through this podcast and talking through this subject, um, one scripture really just stuck out as we talked about it, and it's that First Peter scripture. And so what we're going to do is is we're going to go through this verse sort of systematically because mm-hmm. there's some really good principles. God's yeah. Word is, is awesome it is. in giving us these just basic principles. There's a lot to God's Word. There's, there's a lot of depth there. But there's also just some very practical principles. And I think this First Peter chapter 3, and verse 15 passage um, gives us some really just basic principles in, in sharing the faith and sharing our, our views and our values. Mm-hmm. So if you would just go ahead and read that verse real quick, Vicki. Okay. And uh, this is from the ESV version. Right. And, uh, and then we'll just kind of break it down with some of these principles. Okay, so this is First Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you, for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Okay. This really does speak to me because, you know, most family gatherings, you hear everyone when they come home, say, how, how was it? How was uh-huh. your vacation? And, you know, people roll their eyes. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it was, it's, it's never quite what you hope. And I do think that the, the principles that we're going to discuss, I honestly feel like, wow, these, you know, these are a good way to guide all family discussions, not just family discussions about something as heavy a topic as abortion. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things. This is a heavy topic. Yeah. And this is something that, that people are very passionate about, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, you know, killing people. Mm-hmm. Of course, on the other side, you know, for those who, who think abortion is, is a woman's right to choose, 
they're pretty passionate about this thing too, right? Yeah. And, and can get pretty venomous. And, yeah. you know, even Christians, as we're standing our ground for truth, we can get pretty, pretty nasty. And of course, in no way minimizing the, the, the weight of this subject. And we're talking about, you know, people that are being treated like um, garbage, you know, human beings that are thrown away at like medical waste. That, that's right. something to be passionate about. Yeah. But we've got to sort of think this thing through and we've got to sort of, you know, we, cause we want to share our views and we want to share not ultimately our views. It's God's views, God's mm-hmm. word. What it's God's word say. We want to share that stuff in a way that's going to actually have an effect. We're not just going to spew some truth. Mm-hmm. And not care really if it sticks or not. We want it to mm-hmm. stick. We want it to be in people's hearts and people's minds. We want people to have a, a conf- confrontation with the truth mm-hmm. in hopes that they'll change their mind or at least rethink yeah. uh, their position. Yeah, it's not um, just that we want to be right, right about yeah. something. It's it's that um, we really believe, well, I, I, and I the Bible is right, pretty actually. clear. Well, we do. We want to be right, but, but <laughs> that's one but of my we, problems. <laughs> we truly do want the world to be a world that glorifies God. Yeah. And and this that's is this is a, a huge part of of God's world. The humans. That yeah, he the, created, the humans that he put the in the humans that he put in this yeah, world. Absolutely. And, and they're of value. So let's let's talk about that per, first principle because we sort of broke it down in four principles that are yeah. drawn out of that scripture. And so read again that first part of that verse if you and can get back you know, in there. Okay, it's, first uh, Peter. First Peter. Three, it's in the New <laughs> Testament, just in case you're wondering. Yeah. First Peter chapter Okay. Three, so the first part. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Okay. And that's the first principle. Mm-hmm. And you brought this out as we were talking through this, yeah. that we need to prepare our hearts. Mm-hmm. We need to prepare our hearts and be praying. You know, hopefully if you have these family members, obviously if they're embracing the idea that abortion is just a woman's right to choose, they're obviously, um, you know, they need the Lord, right? Yeah. <laughs> they need God. So yeah. we need to be praying. Hopefully you already are praying for your family members, mm-hmm. praying that their eyes will be open, not just to the fact that abortion is wrong, but that they need the Lord. Mm-hmm. But also praying and asking the Lord to give you opportunity, mm-hmm. praying and asking the Lord to give you wisdom. We're going to talk about some some other principles that have to do with this, yeah. but praying and asking the Lord to um, to open up these doors. So mm-hmm. sanctifying the Lord in our hearts mm-hmm. or, or seeing the Lord as holy is first understanding this is about Him. This is not about us. Right. It's about Him. It's about other people who need to know Him. So, yeah, that first principle of just preparing our hearts. And yeah. asking God to prepare the hearts of our family members for these very heavy conversations. Yeah, and so in in and it, it says, but in your hearts honor um, Christ the Lord is holy. And so in your hearts, you know, I was I was thinking about that in in the few minutes that we've been you know preparing for this, just just thinking, okay, how how in my heart do I prepare my heart? That, that Christ is holy. Yeah. And, you know, one of the best ways is, is through reading scripture, yeah. reading his word and, and, and seeing what he has done and remembering what he's done. So, um, you know, I think, um, sometimes in the holidays, things get really busy. Yeah. And, absolutely. and we get overwhelmed pretty quickly and there's never enough time to do all the things you know, I, I know I, my house is still not cleaned. Um, I keep it's on the list every day, and it yeah. just keeps being the thing that gets ignored. But I think um, that what can get ignored is is being in the Word. Yeah. And at the time when maybe we need it the most to remember and to prepare our own hearts, not just that God would prepare other hearts to receive whatever we may have to offer, but that our own hearts are prepared. Well, if we're too busy to be in the Word, to be in prayer. Um, we may lose uh, 
the the best. Um, I don't want to use the amu the word ammunition, but I can't think of another word yeah. that God has given us yeah. to prepare our own hearts to remember the holiness. Yeah. Of, of well, one of the things, too, I think we can miss in the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. And, you know, there there's just, you know, certain people, even in your family, that you dread mm-hmm. going to those, you know, dinners or, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, you know, Thanksgiving meal or Christmas dinner with, with that family member because you're like, man, I don't want to be around them. Mm-hmm. But sanctifying the Lord in your heart or seeing the Lord as holy is trying to see things his way or asking him to give you his heart for those family members. And they're family members that you've been around for a long time. Yeah. And you just like, oh, I don't want to see Uncle Eddie again because yeah. we always get into an argument about. Right. You know, it's like, well, be praying. Ask the Lord to open Uncle Eddie's heart. You know, yeah. ask the Lord to uh, to speak to him. God can prepare his heart long before he arrives you know, at, at your house or grandma's house for yeah. you know Thanksgiving dinner, and maybe give you a new attitude yeah. towards Uncle. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, new angle to come from. Yeah. You know, and so whatever, it's ultimately just giving it to the Lord. This is about the Lord. This is mm-hmm. about the Lord doing a work in your family members' hearts. And again, it's not just about the issue of abortion. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. this podcast is about. But this podcast is also about the gospel. So ultimately, mm-hmm. it's not just persuading them that abortion is wrong. People can believe abortion is wrong and still not be. Uh, regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. They could be, still right. be dead in their sins. Yeah. We don't want to just convince them abortion is wrong. We want them to be convinced that Jesus Christ is Lord and surrender their lives to him. Right. But this conversation about abortion might just be sort of a catalyst for that conversation mm-hmm. uh, about Jesus as well. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking also in preparing your heart to, that Jesus Christ is holy of some of the things that I do very naturally when I'm alone with the Lord, mm-hmm. pray before a meal. Um, bow my head, literally pray, you know, and, and it's obvious. And when you're with, at least me, when I'm with people that don't have family members that don't do that, um, it's a, there's this moment of, do I do it? Uh-huh. Do I not do it? And, um, and I think this, this verse is in a way saying, do it. That's yeah. part of preparing, showing that he is holy in your life. And um, usually the way I try to deal with it usually is I'll say, is it okay if, if I say grace? Yeah. Um, but th- there are sometimes, I'll be honest, awkward moments when you're with someone who you know does not share that belief. And I th- sometimes I think, well, should I just pray quietly in my heart? Do I need to make it open? Yeah. And um, I mean, the best thing to do, especially if you have an Uncle Eddie, you know, or, or somebody <laughs> like that that I was talking about, is just, you know— Pray, Lord Jesus, Uncle Eddie is lost, and I pray you save him right now, right in front of Uncle Eddie. Make sure you do that. Make sure he understands he's lost. No, just kidding. Don't do You're that. You're going Don't to hell, do Uncle Eddie, unless <laughs> yeah. you do as I do Lord, right now. Lord, please help Uncle Eddie to see that he's wicked and he's going to hell. Yeah, no, don't do that, actually. No, that, no. that would not be good. Um, but yeah, I mean, not compromising who you are and who God is, because family members are offended by that. You don't have to go out of your way. And this is one of the things that I... Um, the Lord has helped me with for sure. Mm-hmm. When I first was saved, it's like I would go out of my way to, I don't know, provoke or just like spur a conversation mm-hmm. about, you know, things like abortion or about, you know, the belief right. in God. Cause I have, right. I have an aunt who is, um, not just left leaning, like totally left, right? <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she's a leftist and, but she loves our family mm-hmm. in a few, you know, in the first couple of years of after I got saved, 
though we had some some rocky conversations during the um, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas time. We had yeah. some some times where everyone else in the room felt uncomfortable because we were going back and forth right. and debating things right. that had to do with you know Jesus and it had to do with you know abortion and, and other yeah. things. And I looking back, it's like oh man, that really didn't yeah. honor God so much. Yeah, you know? but the even zeal- though I was right technically, yeah, I yeah. was I was. Relationally, I was wrong in that right. sense. The zeal of a new believer, because yeah. I think all of us, when we were new believers, have stories like that, that we kind of cringe, like... Look back and like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we didn't need to do I was, that. I was such a jerk. <laughs> well, I was a jerk for Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it's a process, you know. The, yeah. uh, sanctification is indeed a process that will Absolutely. take you to the day, of, of the day of death. Yeah, yeah. Well, the next principle, read on in that scripture, and we'll touch on that next principle. All right, so... Um, uh, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Okay, so the next key word there is prepare. Yeah. Preparation. Yeah. Uh, co- part of that preparation, of course, is in our hearts and in the Lord, and we're praying. So that first principle, you know, but also knowing what the scripture says mm-hmm. about abortion if you're going to mm-hmm. talk about abortion in particular knowing what the bible actually says mm-hmm. um knowing medical facts mo- knowing statistics those things are helpful when you're having a conversation mm-hmm. with someone but you're completely uninformed about what you're even talking about you can really look like an idiot yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> you can yeah. really dishonor the lord so knowing what the scripture says and you know, these may be unbelievers. These may be Christians. I mean, sometimes you'll get in conversations with with uh, family members that are believers, or at least mm-hmm. appear to be a, a believer in Jesus, and you'll have some of that tension. Still, they might say, "Well, you know, abortion. I know abortion is wrong, mm-hmm. but going out to an abortion clinic, for example, with yeah. you know my case, going out to yeah. an abortion clinic, isn't that just taking a little too far?" Mm-hmm. And so you might have that conversation, mm-hmm. and I make a defense of why I do that and why I do what I what I do based on God's word, especially right. you know when I'm talking with a Christian. Yeah. yeah, I believe God's word can still be effective when we're talking to atheists and we're talking. Mm-hmm. Well, God puts value on human life, and every mm-hmm. human value, human life is valued by Him, mm-hmm. and just giving Him what the Scripture says. Giving them what the scripture says about that. Yeah. Um, also, of course, medical facts, mm-hmm. statistics. Some people don't know even the magnitude of the problem. Yeah. And so you might be sharing with a with a Christian family member who you know thinks you know abortion's a you know, bad thing, but is it really that big of a problem? And sharing, mm-hmm. you know, what almost a million children die every year. Yeah. Sharing yeah. close to home, you know, in our city, you know, here mm-hmm. in Charlotte, we're seeing you know thirty. Sometimes 40, 50 abortions a day. A day, sometimes. six days a week. Six days a week. Right. And most yeah. Christians that think, you know, abortion is wrong, it's bad, it's a problem, but they're not really, you know, in their hearts burdened with this issue of abortion because they don't really see and know the magnitude of the problem. And when you share that, you might have a family member from out of town who you're sharing what's God, what God's doing. So sharing testimonies also is very powerful. Yeah. We might touch on that a little more, but sharing yeah. the statistics and sharing the, the weight of really what's going on. They might fly back home or go back home to where they're from mm-hmm. and start their own ministry out in yeah. front of an abortion clinic yeah. or their own ministry inside of a pregnancy center, doing something for, for yeah. God or something to impact for the issue of life. Yeah. So you don't know what impact you could have, whether right. they're unbelievers or believers. Right. There's so much ignorance <coughs> in um, around the whole issue of abortion. Um, in an interaction today, which wasn't a family member, but I, I was telling you earlier, I felt like a lot of the principles we're discussing – kind of were were a part of that discussion with the this girl who was coming for 
a job interview at, at the abortion, at the abortion clinic. clinic. Yeah. And um, and one of the things she said was, well, she she was claimed to be a believer in Jesus. Yes, right? yeah, and okay. and a strong believer. I mean, okay. and you know, there was a lot of the things she said that I thought, uh, you know, I was a little taken aback because it sounded like she was. And and um, but one of the it turns out she didn't know it was an abortion clinic. Yeah, she just yeah. thought it was so a it was medical a clinic. Medical um, but she clinic. was still going to go in mm-hmm. and, and ask for a job. And she said, you know, I I know people have differing views about pro life, pro choice. I'm I'm pro life and pro choice. And she said them both. And and I thought, um, pro choice for for what? And she said, well, you know, a woman's right to choose. And I said, well, so am I if the woman's choosing chocolate or vanilla ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> but we're talking about a woman's choice for what? And and then she just was silent because she realized, oh, I said, a, a woman's right to choose the death of her own baby. Do you think that as a believer in the Lord, that's something that that we should be supporting? And And she said, no, and she ended up leaving and, and not going in for the job interview. Yeah. But um, but so kind of the the point, just reiterating, yeah, there is so much ignorance that in around the whole abortion issue, and sometimes if you can just get a family member to to kind of understand, um, they they hear the mantras and they just like sometimes yeah. grab a hold of those without really understanding what they're even saying, and we have the experience being out. They, you know, personally, since we're sidewalk counselors in front of an abortion center, um, we know what the the truth is, and we do have experience and examples and anecdotal evidence and mm-hmm. things to yeah, say. Yeah, the anecdotal can, evidence can actually be powerful. It can be so powerful. You know, a lot of this is yeah. emotionally driven anyway, mm-hmm. it, because yeah. it, again, like with that young lady you're talking about, yeah. and other people that I've talked to, that we've talked to over the years, and I'm sure some of the folks that are listening yeah. have talked to. They're emotional arguments. It's based on emotions. It's not really very well thought through. When you start talking about, so a woman's right to choose to do what? Right. Oh, to choose to have an abortion. Okay, then what is an abortion? Right. Well, an abortion is uh, the removal of the product of conception. What is the product of conception? You know, asking those questions. Um, And one of the things I I think I'll say along the lines of this same principle is – not letting the conversation just center around politics, because that can be, yeah. you know, my, yeah. my grandmother, who's German, <laughs> would get angry when yeah. me and my aunt and my brother, actually, who's a believer, and we would, me and my brother would basically, my aunt and uncle, we would be having a conversation with them back and forth about the issue of abortion. My grandmother would say, don't talk about religion and politics. I can't do her, <laughs> I can't do her German accent. But that was what she'd right, say, don't gotcha. talk about religion yeah. and politics. And yeah. she would get pretty mad. Yeah. But a lot of it, as I look back, was like, this was a political conversation more than it was, you know, it was a Democrat-Republican conversation more than it was a, a Jesus and truth combating Satan and lies conversation. Mm-hmm. And so not letting it slip into the politics thing because the politics thing can really polarize and yeah. really just make uh, make the conversation kind of go south. It's it can. Really it, and so can religion. I mean, I think your grandmother's right. Uh-huh. But um, as we as we said before we started this, well, what else is there? You know, my life is the Lord. He is the reason I exist. Yeah. And to, um, to shut that off in a gathering would instantly create tension for me. Yeah. You can't. No, you it's can't. impossible. If you I love the Lord. I could not talk about Jesus. Right, you know? right. But there are principles about how we can discuss that. So your grandmother, I do agree, religion and politics can can often silence a room. Yeah, yeah. And, and drive it people can. away. Yeah. 
But well, one of the things I said, you know, she said, don't talk about religion and politics. I said, if I don't talk about religion, people go to hell. If I don't <laughs> talk about politics, sometimes the country will go there as well. Right. So, so sometimes right. we got to talk about these things. But I think what it is more than just skirting the issues or ignoring the issue of religion and politics is the way that you go about talking right. about yeah. religion and yeah. politics, you know? Yeah. Because that's a lot of the conversations that we have yeah. around the table or whatever. You know, we talk about family and that kind of stuff, and that's good. Yeah. And we need to be relational. Understand, yeah. too, that, that your whole motivation from going for going to a Thanksgiving dinner or having time with your family or whenever at Christmas or whatever is not just so you can <laughs> you push your agenda. Right. You actually love these people and you want to be around right. them, right. Uh, most of them. Right. But, <laughs> but even those who you don't want to be around, ultimately the desire would be that you build a better relationship with them so that, you know, you can bring some more truth to them so their mm-hmm. eyes and ears are open to hear the truth. Well, and I think one of the principles you're going to get to, and I think this is very important um, in not ramming it down their throat, we'll get into the principle about, you know, maybe there's an appropriate time and timing, not only um, how you present it, but your timing and when um, this discussion comes up. It, yeah, this yeah. Could so, be really yeah important. so that next principle is... Um, look for opportunities to introduce abortion into the conversation naturally. Right, and and let's see, was that um, giving, we derived all of them um, a reason? Yeah, so um, give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. I yeah. think that is key. Yeah. Who asks you? Yeah. If someone has asked you and you can channel whatever that question was, into a discussion of God of, of abortion, um, they're going to be so much more receptive mm-hmm. than if you have forced it upon them. So Yeah, um, and forced it into the conversation when it's just not a natural flow of the conversation. Right, you right. Know? So, so maybe you're having a conversation about, you know, Aunt Betsy that's in the hospital or whatever. You can lead that conversation into a natural conversation about the Lord and ultimately right. things, but like just jumping right out and say, yeah, ambitious in the hospital. You know, abortion is wicked, right? <laughs> Probably not going to be. It's not the natural flow right. of, the, of the conversation. But you could take something like that and, and, th- and um, you know, and say, you know, it, 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 it breaks my heart. Um, you know, I, I, I often think of people that are, uh, you know, in, in mortal illness or whatever. Yeah. They, they might die, and I, and I care so much. About their eternal soul and and where they where they're gonna go and you know kind of steering it again mm-hmm. that becomes ultimately a gospel question yeah um, where do where and how does our eternal soul go to heaven which I think is the hope of most people unless you truly have no belief in belief in God yeah so just maybe kind of where you take even that example and maybe there's a way to steer it towards what you hope they will ask about. Um, but being careful that we're not ramming it down their throat. You have a line that I love. Um, something about thump your Bible, but not too hard. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> thump your Bible. Use the word of God, but just don't thump it too hard. Don't right cram yeah. it down people's yeah. throats. You know? Yeah, I, th- I think that applies here. Yeah. But so how how do we then um, uh, a defense to anyone who asks you? As I was reading that more carefully, a defense to anyone who asks you um, for a reason for the hope. That is in you. That's yeah. what the defense is of. Yeah. The hope that is in you. Yeah. And I think that comes into sort of even along the lines of the first or that second principle that we talked about, which is testimonies. Yeah. And, you know, testimonies are powerful. Testimonies, when it comes to, you know, I can whip out my phone 
if I'm talking to a family member, matter of fact, I did it with my aunt a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. whenever, you know, some of the tension sort of died down, or at least, you know, as I'd gotten a little wiser at how I present things, is that, you know, I'll just show her pictures on my phone of babies that have been saved at the abortion clinic. Not not in some like, oh, look at this, you know, but I'll be like, you know, this mom came to this abortion clinic. I'll share the story, mm-hmm. and this is what we were able to do, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, my aunt really was receptive to that mm-hmm. and really didn't. She, as a matter of fact, I think she said, well, I'm glad you guys are doing something to try to help. And that is a Positive. lot different than what it was years yeah. past when it was, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're a bigot and you're this and you're that. Yeah. Um, so sharing testimonies that you know, you've seen, but also mm-hmm. in that one, the hope that lies within you is sharing your testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing your testimony, of course, your testimony of how you came to know the Lord, but even sharing, you know, when talking about the issue of abortion, sharing how you came to some of the conclusions that you did. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing that as a believer, you know, I could share personally. I was apathetic toward the issue of abortion until I went to an abortion clinic to, for the first time, and I saw women go in, and I knew they were going in with a baby, and they were leaving, leaving their dead child inside. So sharing the testimony of how you came to some of the conclusions, how the Lord opened your eyes and opened your heart in certain areas, can also be sharing that you know, about that hope that lies within you. Yeah. And you're given a defense mm-hmm. for that hope. So you are, you are defending that that hope is a valid hope. Yeah. That yeah. there is evidence in your life in scripture that, um, that it is a hope that is worth defending. Kind yeah. of implicit in, in that statement. This hope is worth yeah. defending. And you know, I'd say too, you know, if you like you have a personal testimony of having had abortion in your past, right. having had an abortion, you could share you know, the hope that lies within you, you've mm-hmm. been devastated in your past by an abortion. You know what right. it does to a human heart. You know what it does to a woman. Right. And you can share with a family member, you know, of course, naturally within the conversation, yeah. that hope that lies within you, even though you've been there, done that, you know yeah. what God can do as well. Yeah. Um, in fact, I remember when um, my um, wonderful sister, I love her great deeply, but she, um, she's very different politically, mm-hmm. religiously um, than I am. Um, and uh, when I was first um, going public with my own abortion and I was on the sidewalk, I'm not sure I had even I'm not sure I had gone public yet that I had had an abortion, but um, I was sharing testimonies from the sidewalk all the time on Facebook. And my sister wrote to me and said, what about your own abortion? Yeah. So here was, this is exactly, this was where she asked me, and I was able to turn that around. I think she was asking you're a hypocrite. Yeah. I think that was kind of the the intent of that question. But I was able to turn it around to um, it is exactly because of my own abortion that I am out on that sidewalk because I know what w- the the sorrow that will follow post-abortive women for really their whole life. Yeah. And um and I'm there to tell them there is hope. Yeah. There is a better way. So it was a it it flowed naturally. She asked me. I didn't force that opinion on her. It completely turned around how she perceived what I was doing. Completely from that day forward, I never got another comment even remotely like that. In fact, I I believe she deeply respects and supports what I do. So that yeah. I think that's an example when when we do things by biblical principles, it the, um we often do get a very different result. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. One of the things I, I do want to point out, too, with this scripture, there's a there's an a immediate context of the scripture mm-hmm. Peter's talking about in the midst of persecution, being persecuted by a tyrannical government. Yeah. So, of course, you were not just saying you know, these these principles are only put in there for this, but I think right. there are principles right. even out of the immediate context that mm-hmm. can be drawn out and they right. could help us and, and and that's what's going on here yeah, so it's not like point. you know you're sitting around the you know the, the thanksgiving table and you're being persecuted you know if right. you have sort of a martyr or persecution complex you think maybe because everybody doesn't agree with you yeah you know you're being persecuted that's not true right <laughs> right but you know these principles are important and you do have a, a hope in you mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you know some might say well Based on this, I need to give a defense if they ask, so I don't really even need to pipe up unless I'm asked about, so why do you believe abortion is wrong? I don't think we need to just say, well, our mouths need to be shut about Jesus, about abortion, about mm-hmm. whatever issue until mm-hmm. somebody asks. The principle here, I think, is one of being able to give a defense, mm-hmm. to be a, to give a well, um, well-thought-out defense, mm-hmm. um, but again, not to force the issue in such a way that's being purposely like you're going out of your way to offend right. people. You, know? you can look for opportunities, yeah, which maybe is a gentler way than of saying, you know, um, of saying you don't need to wait till you're asked. You, can, but you can look for opportunities yeah. and how how to um, uh, weave your um, very sincere, heartfelt desires to discuss yeah. this subject into a family. Because you know, I abhor discussion. that statement. Preach the gospel at all times, right. and when necessary, use words. And you might right. you might take that. It's, it's a yeah. cop out for a lot yeah. of people. You know, yeah. I preach the gospel around my family, yeah. and I'll just be really nice to them. Yeah. Be really nice to my kids. You should be nice to them. You should yeah. be nice to your kids. Whatever you know. Yeah. yeah, your life should display the gospel of Jesus. Right. But preaching the gospel, you actually use the words when necessary. Yeah. Use words. It's always necessary to use words <laughs> to preach the gospel, folks. Okay. <laughs> Public service announcement. <laughs> so right. anyway, right, and we've we've had that discussion <laughs> yeah. before, but it, it does bear repeating that that yes, absolutely, the Bible commands us to speak. Yeah, open throughout your mouth the, the open your mouth <laughs> for the speechless. Is but you don't have to be a jerk while doing it. How about that's, that? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that's our fourth point. Okay, is uh, read the read the tail end right, of that. So um, yet, so all these things that came before that mm-hmm. you're giving the defense. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Okay. Do it with gentleness like, and ouch, respect. in my family. Lord gathering. Jesus, help me to do this with gentleness, <laughs> gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. Well, I mean, that ties into the um, Second Timothy passage where it says that the servant of the Lord must not fight, mm-hmm. but must be gentle to all, answering those who are in opposition in humility. So this is a, a certain... This is a thread that we see through all the scriptures that Christian ministers, people who are going to minister the gospel, need to do it with gentleness, need to do it respectfully, need to do it humbly. There's a certain amount of humility that we got to have. Yeah. Um, And I think it's particularly hard for me in the subject that that I feel the most passionate about. Yeah. Because um, I see, you know, I look with horror on on what happens in an abortion i'm well informed what yeah. what happens in an abortion and um and i i you know it makes me angry it makes me angry that that babies are being slaughtered and people who know nothing about it are um are saying but a woman should have a right to choose her body her choice and yeah. um and it makes me mad yeah. and and that works against this very command to speak the things 
that the hope that is in you is probably for all of us something we're very passionate about. Yeah. Well, we're supposed to express our opinion with gentleness and yeah. respect. Yeah. And this is going back to that first principle that we need to sanctify the Lord or honor the right. Lord in our hearts as right. holy. Don't let your zeal get before um, get before honoring the Lord. You know, zeal without knowledge. The Bible warns against zeal without knowledge. Yeah. And I look back to my early days as a believer at times with my family where I've you know basically told them all they're wrong and they're going to hell in, mm-hmm. in, in probably that many words. <laughs> I was going to say in not so many words, probably just that, you know, <laughs> you're all going to hell. You don't know God, you know. And I look back and I was like, well, that was just zeal without knowledge. Like I wanted them to come to know the Lord. I yeah. really did want them to know Jesus. I really did want for them to be saved. But my zeal without knowledge really dishonored the Lord and sort of, you know, caused them to sort of keep me at arm's length rather than you know, having a reasoned conversation with them in gentleness and respect. I would right. did some things that were very uh, disrespectful. So let me ask you this. Okay. Um, so how do you speak respectfully to someone you don't respect? Okay. That's a tough one. <laughs> That is that is a we, very we're tough dealing one. with that often on Saturdays, right? Yeah, we so, have some yeah. police officers, one in particular. So, that we have so some, but some it's an Im- I think it's an important question. Yeah, yeah. Because okay, are there people that that like this this doesn't apply to? Mm-hmm. Or well, or? Oh, oh, well, I said uh-huh. I don't think that there are. I think that you know our speech. I think it has almost nothing to do with the person, right. and everything to do with the person of Christ and what God's Word says, that there needs to be a gentleness and respect. Now, of course, we know with Jesus as our example, there was a, a firmness and a, uh, a loudness, I'd say it sometimes, that Jesus used, right? He rebuked the Pharisees very staunchly. Um, you'll see with Paul at one point, you know, he rebukes a the pro-council, and ultimately God strikes him with blindness. Yeah. There's a place for that. There's yeah. a place for that sort of rebuke. But I don't think sitting around the Thanksgiving table is that. There's right. there's this gentleness right. and respect yeah. that we've got to have rather than a prophetic rebuke to all of our family and talking to them and talking through these things, um, even though there might be family members that we don't respect. Yeah. Um, I think we respect them as human beings made in the image of God. Yeah. And I'll say especially yeah. if you're talking like grandparents or mm-hmm. your parents, mm-hmm. that you are commanded to respect them and to yeah. honor them, mm-hmm. not to shame them mm-hmm. in the way that you talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are older than you, there's mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a scriptural principle mm-hmm. of honoring your elders. Now, yeah. they may be godless unbelievers, Mm -hmm. you can still honor them as those who have lived longer than you. Mm -hmm. And there's some wisdom. Listen, I've learned some wisdom from some of my family members that don't know God, but they have experience in life that I've never had. And they can speak some things into my life as long as I I process it through Scripture Mm -hmm. that can really benefit me. Mm -hmm. So coming from that angle and respecting them because they've been living longer than you, is important, I think. Yeah, I mean, and and I really like where you went with that right away, taking it to the the respect is not for their views, yeah, or the, where they are spiritually. The respect is because they're human beings made in the image of a holy God, and because in that manner, if that's the um, the reason for respect, you could apply that to every single person, yeah, that, yeah. that you interact with, and um, 
I know there are, like you said, there are times that Jesus showed righteous anger when he overturned the tables. He Didn't he tell Peter, get behind me, Satan? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there is a, po- a place for rebuke and, and righteous anger. But, um, yeah, hopefully a family gathering yeah. is, is well, not I think the place we, for that. Yeah, but. I, mean, I think we, you know, we know practically what's, you know, what will honor the Lord and what will not, especially yeah. when we're in his word. And we bathe yeah. this, this in prayer. You know, I encourage you guys, before you're going to have your Thanksgiving meal, before you're going to have your Christmas dinner or your Christmas family time, pray. Yeah. Lord, how can who do you want me to reach in, in my family? Who are you already dealing with? God's already mm-hmm. dealing with some of their mm-hmm. hearts probably. Yeah. And, you know, God open those doors and God mm-hmm. will open those doors. You, yeah. know? you know, I'd say the angry rebuke in the life of Jesus was the exception rather than the rule. Even in Peter and Paul's life and their uh, confrontation with certain leaders and all of that, you know, mostly it's in a governmental capacity. You know, right. Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees or sort of a governmental position. Same way with Paul. Yeah. Um, he's dealing with, you know, government authority. And we're not talking about governmental authorities. Yeah. We're talking about your family. Mm-hmm. We're talking about those who you've known for a long time. Which can make it even more difficult sometimes. Yeah. But that's why it's important to, to bathe these things in prayer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, thinking about gentleness, what does that look like? Um, gentleness, like uh, uh, bouncing off of your point, oftentimes with family, you know each other very well. And um, and sometimes we we don't treat each other well because you know familiarity breeds contempt. Um, yeah. That that you just you know that basically I think you know the they'll always be there to love you. You're irritated I think more easily. Yeah. By the things that you see every day that uh, it just builds. Um, so gentleness I I think about that because I I don't think I am naturally a gentle. Yeah. Person. No, um, but from, I want you're from be. up north, so yeah, of <laughs> right, course not. Right. Um <laughs> and um and so uh you know, kinda um what does gentleness look like? And I, I know two things that in my mind when I feel people are gentle with me, there's two things that, that I think of. Number one, they listen. Yeah. And you can tell they're listening. That's a gentleness yeah. in them. And the second is they don't call me names, yeah, sure. and they don't put me down, or even sarcasm can. Um, it, it, I mean, some sarcasm is funny, but there there is a point where sarcasm can be cruel. So, um, so to me, those are two important aspects of, of gentleness. Yeah, yeah. And, and we talked about that even as one of these principles, even though we didn't make it one of the principles, is that you know, listening to people. And what they actually believe and what their convictions and things are, you know, when you're talking through and you're having a conversation, actually listening yeah. is an important part of being gentle. You kind of right. just slow down. Ultimately, it's not your job to convince someone of the truth. The Holy Spirit will do that, and they have to yield to him. So you just slow down, mm-hmm. listen to what they have to say, and then the Lord will give you things to respond to them. You know, as you're listening to what their convictions are, if you're listening, you know, a lot of times if you listen to what people's, you know, heartfelt convictions are, mm-hmm. their reasoned out convictions are, I say that with air quotes, because you'll realize most of these aren't reasoned out very much. Very yeah. well. there are, a lot of it's emotional. Yeah. Or there's commonalities that yeah. you didn't know existed as, yeah, as you listen to them. You know, something it doesn't say in this verse, um, listening again to what you just said, mm-hmm. Um the, uh, giving a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason that is that for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness respect. It doesn't say, and then changing their minds. Yeah, we're not called for the results. We say that all the time to our volunteers out on yeah. the sidewalk. We're not called for the results. We are called 
to give the defense, to be the messenger yeah. of, of the hope that is within us, which is the gospel. But it's not our work. Yeah, for, it's not our job results. to change their heart. And that, yeah. that, that in and of itself, I think, can change family dynamics. Yeah, it right? can. Yeah, if, absolutely. If you're not thinking, it, it, i got to change their mind. Well, I mean, that brings about sort of in line with that word gentle. Mm-hmm. That word can also be humble or meek. Oh, okay. And your, so, your other version said the word Yeah, yeah, the meekness. New King James actually says with meekness okay. and fear. Okay, And so humility, everything that we do as believers in Jesus and those who are to bring his message should be done with humility. And humility entails recognizing it's not our work mm-hmm. that we're doing. It's not our message that we're bringing. It's mm-hmm. not our job to convince people to change their minds. Certainly we want to influence them. Uh, but ultimately, we just, we're just we supposed to give the truth. We're supposed to do it with humility and gentleness mm-hmm. and, and respect. Mm-hmm. And then they deal with it. You know, they, they yeah. before God, and God's dealing with their hearts already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, a, it's between them and, and the Lord. Right, so. yeah. Yeah, that's a really freeing point for me. It's very freeing. It yeah. is. So, oh, well, we just we hope this podcast was a blessing to you guys. We hope that it frees you up to to be a witness in your family, not just talking about the issue of abortion, but talking mm-hmm. about the gospel. And uh, and so, be blessed with this uh, with this information that we give you, and uh, and go out and be a witness to your family. Be praying, asking the Lord to use you. If you want to get trained and equipped to do sidewalk counseling, which is what you hear us talk about a lot of times, you can go to our website, sidewalksforlife.com, sidewalks the number four and life.com. I hope that you guys follow us on Facebook, Charlotte Cities for Life. Um, you can go to our website, charlotte.citiesforlife.org. You can connect with me, dparks at citiesforlife.com or Vicky at Vicky Cassior, or V Cassiorg mm-hmm. at citiesforlife.com. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Give us some suggestions of a future episode, share the podcast with other people. Um, but until next time, God bless. Use me, Lord.